everybody. Welcome back to the Creek Adventures podcast. I am Trevor Rogers, joined as always by the two most ridiculously good-looking dudes that I know. Damn straight. Uh, Mr. Mr. Chris Queen and Dalton Wortham. <laughs> what's, uh, up, what's up, guys? I, dude, I got nothing. I got nothing to follow up. You can wrap the episode. That's all I want to do. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Done. Pay, uh, yeah, yeah. Pay your tribute um, to the to the legends over here. The Creek Adventures podcast is presented by our friends at Lone Bison Fly Tying Tables. That's LoneBisonFlyTables.com. Make sure you go over and visit them and check out the awesome products that our buddy Mr. Chris Jackson puts together. These are premium quality tables and we call them functional art because that's what they are. Uh, I am just inching towards uh, pulling the trigger with one very, very soon. Um, I feel like my fly tying is finally getting to that, to that point, but I got to get way more organized and hopefully maybe a lone bison fly table will help me keep better organized. Dude, you know, you know what I, I actually fought against, um, uh, and, and I've been working with Chris on, on these tables for a long time. I, I fought against, it's like, you know what? I think they're great. I don't, wouldn't personally use one because I've got this, you know, a pretty kind of ridiculous tying desk and, uh, you know, what, what do you call it? Pegboard of, of stuff covering the wall and blah, blah, blah. And what, I, you know, what I found myself doing short of like grabbing the whole table and taking it on, on trips when we go out places, but, um, I'll go sit cross-legged on the bed watching shows with the wife uh, or a TV tray out in the living room and, uh, and have to carry less stuff. Yeah. And so, so mine's been, I've used mine like utility utilitarianly, uh, although it's very, very attractive as well. And I, but I, he laughs at me cause I tell him, it's like, dude, I think you got a great product. I wouldn't use it. Um, but, and then I, that's you know, mostly what I use. So I would, that's exactly like I sit there and like, I would love to be able to use it uh in those portable circumstances because it drives my wife insane like i go out to the garage and i'll go out there tie for a few hours and uh, she's like come inside i want to watch you know food network with you and i'm like i love food network too but i got i got ties to fly and and to have that uh, that option could go really really well for me it could also drive my wife insane um, so tune into a later episode and we'll figure that we'll solve that mystery. I might, I might send, Funny. I might send my home with mine home with you for a little bit and, uh, see, see, <laughs> we'll see how you enjoy it. Yeah. Funny Chris Jackson story. I have met more dang Chris's in this last year than my entire life. We got Chris Queen, Chris King, Chris Jackson, Chris Monroe. And any other Chris's I've met. So I'm texting, I'm thinking I'm text, texting Chris Monroe, asking about a shower project. You know, um, he's a contractor and he may do some work for me. Glad you clarified that. Yeah. Should have said that first. Um, texting Chris about taking a shower. Um, I'm texting Chris Jackson accidentally saying, Hey, dude, you want to build a shower for me? He's like, um, are you, Me? Why? Like, I'm not good at that. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, dude, we, you were just at my house the other day. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I've got all my Chris's messed up. And so I feel like an idiot for Chris probably called Casey and was like, I I don't want to freak you out, but <laughs> dude, dude's saying some weird stuff. I, I think Dalton's losing it. <laughs> so, so D I've got yeah. the same thing. So I've got Aaron Fletcher, right? Obviously we're, you know, texting. 
I have mm-hmm. Aaron Feeker, who is one of uh, the physicians I work with. And then I have Ashton Fletcher, who's our director of physician recruiting. And so I have sent Dr. Aaron Feeker and Miss Ashton Fletcher, both fish picks, uh, trying to send them to, uh, to Aaron. <laughs> Unsolicited fish hey, pick. That, yeah, I was going to say, if that's uh, what you send, no. if you're, if you're going to send something like floppy, that's the one that you want to send. Floppy. I don't mm. fish for floppy fish, dog. Okay, we got to move past that. <laughs> That's going to go hard. Hey, real so real quick, Chris, I tell you that we're going to name, if if our baby's a boy, we're going to name him Fletcher. Oh, that's you awesome. Did, I think. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So there's another Fletcher for you. Oh, that's right. And you're, you're waiting until the end. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go the full full nine yards and we'll figure that out. But we'll talk about that in July. So fishing trips. That's yeah. what people really want to hear about. Uh, Chris, you looked like you had an awesome fishing weekend. Um, what was oh. the upper mountain fork like? Yeah, dude. So, well, so we, we had a, a straight up adventure. Um, Aaron Fletcher and I did not, not Aaron Feeker, Ashton Fletcher. Um, and so, uh, we went down and I was hosted at his property down in that area, uh, above the lake. And, um, you know, right now there's, uh, they haven't started building yet, but he's got his camper there. And, uh, so we drove down, pulled the raft down and, uh, um, you know, just went s- strictly scouting out, learning, um, you know, how, how bad is the put in, how bad's the takeout, how bad's the, uh, are the shoals, which by the way, upper mountain fork, uh, we, we Googled this after, you know, do, don't do what we do, do what we say, whatever, uh, safety wise, uh, probably could have researched a little better, had no safety risks, um, that the raft couldn't handle, but, um, but that's a legit class two plus, uh, rapids section. Um, and, uh, according to, one guy on Wikipedia that we found. Uh, but there was, there were some legit like, and the water was up. It, it, uh, that, that river is very reactive. It'll, it'll spike up a few feet with, you know, any, any drop of rain, but it falls back out pretty quickly. And so our first day, um, you know, the water was falling out near normal, uh, still a little bit stained or a little bit above normal, but, but, um, you know, still stained, uh, stained up pretty decent. And, uh, uh there were some legit, um, uh, shoals and, and, and some, some, you know, three, four foot drop-offs off of rocks and, uh, and some little strainers going on there and took water over the, the raft a couple times. And, uh, um, it was a lot of fun. I had as much awesome. fun, I had as much fun rowing as we did fishing. Um, awesome. you know, unfortunately, like, uh, most of Oklahoma, the, um, the cold weather and the, uh, extreme north winds this last week. Um, I think it dropped the water temperature at least 10 degrees. And so it really kind of put the fish in a, uh, a what the F mode and, uh, and made a little, the fishing part a little tough. Um, but we, we actually got on a few really good fish, um, uh, a few good smallmouth, uh, and uh, a good spot and and man it was just it was just overall good so we, we got to fish two full days down there i feel like i'm ranting but uh fish two full days i mean like long days uh shuttling down dark roads uh or dirt roads uh uh well after dark trying to get back to camp and whiskey and something cooked on the blackstone um but uh, it was it was really good and so and then have, have since uh 
visited with some nice folks um, uh, have and gotten some more information on uh, that river above the lake and a little bit of info on the Glover. And so, I mean, I think, I think it's one of those things kind of like the upper, you could spend a, a, a really long time, years and years and years learning every part of the upper Illinois. Uh, I think you could probably spend a lifetime learning uh, uh, the upper mountain fork and the Glover and all the little tribs and all that in that area. So um, dude, it was cool. I mean, I could ramble for days. I, you, I know you don't want me to, um, and I don't think I'll just, you know, kill it with details, not to, not to not share, but, um, I will tell you one of the, uh, one of the smallies we caught, um, was pretty beat up. Um, I saw that in that picture. Yeah. And, and so I think, uh, I think best I could tell this dude got picked up by a bird, uh, like an Osprey or an Eagle. And uh, so he had two puncture wounds in one side and several scratches and then some really good scratches on the other side. Um, and, uh, um, I mean, I guess you know, I, I almost said, I guess he got loose. Dude got loose or I wouldn't have caught him. <laughs> and, and he was stupid enough to, uh, you know, get hooked by me at the same time, but, uh, or, or uh, you know, not too long after, but dude was, he was healing. Um, but he had a fight here in the last uh, month or two, I guess. So, Anyway, it's so rough, man. Dude, I mean, they do, but I mean, yeah, they do. They do. Can you imagine like survive? Imagine like you're walking down, you know, I-35 and a big monster comes and just picks you up and like flaps you around and then drops you 25 feet back into your habitat. Yeah. And then you're like, hmm, taco stand down there sounds delicious. And then you bite into the taco and then yank, you're on another adventure. (laughs) I'm just saying. What what do they call that when you when you give human characteristics to a to an animal or human feelings and thoughts to an animal? Um, personifying? Yeah, it's not personifying. That was I think that's the characteristics part, but the not parable. Like that type of story. No, no, no. There's, Wife's there's, an English teacher, right? There's, yeah. There's a I think I'm right. And the, the meat eater dudes use it all the time. Um, I, I can't think of Oh, it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I know. I know. Yeah. I, I'm also sitting there like, I know the word, but I don't actually know the word. We're, uh, we're smart it's, here. It's above the uh, um, intellect of this podcast crew. Meat eater, <laughs> meat eater can own that one. So, dude, yeah. So, I had a great intro. Anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphic. Yes. 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 Every time I think of anthropomorphic, I read a book one time, and it was yeah, I read. Believe it or not, I can read a book. Uh, I read a book, and it was uh, this. There was it was just a it was by Michael Ian Black, hilarious comedian, hilarious writer. Um, he's got this whole thing about like grimace in there, like the big purple thing yeah. from McDonald's. Okay. And so now I immediately, like my mind goes immediately when somebody says anthropomorphic, I think of grimace really? because it, it, it was used so, so many times. Okay. Okay. I, the uh, inner machinations of my mind are neat. an enigma. 
That's really, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's neat. That, that was neat. That's neat. Uh, <laughs> so, dude, you you gave a segue earlier, and I want to get more into. I want to get a little more experience on the upper mountain and uh, in those areas before I really get to share anything that I think gives value. Uh, short of the story of just it was being awesome and and uh, fishing was tough. We still pulled out a few, and there was white water, and and yeah, that's what I know. But you um, we actually missed a great segue because. You had, we went from talking about the baby to then your, your fishing the last couple of weeks in, involved, uh, what did you call it? Bro, bro. There's a dadular party. Dadular party. Yes. Uh, yeah. We had our dadular party weekend, um, down in, uh, in Broken Bow and Hoach Town and, got to get out on the, the lower mountain fork again, um, and was way more successful, way more fruitful this time, even with a bunch of guys that had never been fly fishing. Um, and so I have to laugh. Uh, there was this guy that went with us. He's, he's one of my best friends and he's a goober. Um, no waiters, nothing just wore, he wore, he went and bought some water shoes at Walmart, wore some shoes and he was shirtless wearing gym shorts and he was up and down that river like no no problem whatsoever <laughs> like was you sober uh no <laughs> <laughs> okay okay not, not even close Got it. um but there so i let him use my aurelius and how how he managed to do this so i'll say this really quick got everybody on fish Um, which that was the mission and always feel super accomplished when you get newbies on fish. Like that was a really, really good feeling. Um, we fished spillway Creek, really cool. Lots of great holes. Good for Euro nymphing slicker and shit. Just unbelievable. Like that, that Mm -hmm. is not a stream that I would recommend to anybody go fish by themselves. Um, because that is a slip bust your head on a rock type place. Um, I, I just would not recommend anyone fishing fishing there by themselves. It's you fast. got you you got spikes, right? Uh, I do, but I'm an idiot and I took them off. Um, so oh, no, okay. So, the, so that was fun. Um, finished up there. Uh, yeah, I got everybody on a fish. So I gave I gave the Aurelius over to Alex, and he totally got the line like outside of the the re i don't know how he did it but it got tangled up like completely outside and so i had to like unspool the entire thing of line get it down to the backing and then take it apart so i can get it back together and lo and behold who is right underneath me on a guided trip is mr steven ruiz who's got a client in the hole not like 10 yards from each other and we like I, I, I thought it was him, but I didn't want to bother him with a guide. And so he messaged me and he was like, Hey, were you on the, were you on the lower today? And I was like, I was, I thought that was you. And he was like, yeah, who was the crazy guy that was just like walking up and down the river? (laughs) Because like this thing goes way down and gets hooked up into something. And I was like, Alex, uh, can you go unhook that? And he was like, say no more. And I've never seen anybody not fall in just seamlessly walk with no boots, no studs, no waders, 
just traverse that river, traverse a river better than anyone I've ever seen without any experience. So that was fun. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I gotta call you out real quick, um, and I think we're getting pretty close to 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 our guest joining us tonight. And I'll, I'll obviously want you to introduce him, but you let a guy, even though he's a good buddy, that bought some random water shoes, was shirtless, wading through 45 to 50 degree water use your nicest rod and reel and <laughs> completely screw around with a $120 fly line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure I had that, that right. We were on the right page. <laughs> That's exactly it. For what it's worth, I, I was like, stand over there, just stand right there. And you're just going to drift over in this little spot. I don't want you to move more than 10 yards either direction. Well, of course, that was all an exercise in futility. Um, so hurting a bunch of, oh, what's the right word? Interesting characters. On the yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was the weekend. Uh, I'm so glad that our guest got to, got to catch uh, on the tail of that just for a little bit of context. Dude, I'm, I'm fired up about our guest tonight, man. Let's, let's introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ryan Walker, the head guide and smallmouth steward for the Ozark Smallmouth Alliance. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, guys, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your evening, and thanks for accommodating my later-than-normal schedule. Hey, we're we're just stoked to to pick your brain, man. Uh, we're all smallmouth junkies over here uh, at Creek, um, and so I I can't wait to to get your take on 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 fishing for smallies and and what you do. And so, Chris, I'm going to turn it over to you um, and and take it away, man. I was going to, I was going to interject there and say, if you're going to pick my brain, it's going to be a short podcast. So. <laughs> well, we, 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 uh, uh, we splurged and we bought the upgraded zoom that, that, you know, you can record longer. Maybe we can get a refund. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, nice. uh, dude, super happy, super happy to have you. Uh, you know, we have never met in person. Uh, right. I think we've messaged a little bit and that, and we know several of the same people. We do. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and I'm actually looking forward to, to meeting you. Uh, I think here in the next month or so, we're going to be at um, uh, the Smallmouth Rendezvous together there in Tahlequah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I appreciate Ryan was like, "We do." What have the, What have they said? Who are they? What do they know? <laughs> <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> who are these people? And what? Who, who are they? <laughs> yeah, they're t- they're lying. Whatever it is, right? So. Man, yeah. So, um, and actually, I think before I ever met you, um, I started getting stickers from you. Uh, believe it or not, so I'm I'm staring at a um, boom smallmouth sticker that says Ozark Smallmouth Alliance on it, and I think I got that free in something random that I bought from somebody else in the world. Not a, not a clue, but I had not heard of the Ozark Smallmouth Alliance till I had this this um you know seven inch uh smally sticker that says yeah the boom stickers were cool that's super cool I, and i i thousand percent don't remember where i got it from but it's but it's here so um so okay yeah i think smallmouth steward is um probably an understatement um smallmouth aficionado 
Oh, that's a good one. That's a good a, one too. Aficionado. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Purveyor of all things, Dolomue. No, that's, that's, that, that sounds way hang too. On, hang, hang on, Ryan. We we speak English here on this podcast, so <laughs> let's not use your yeah. sciency words here. Do you guys ever see ever see the Will? What was it? Uh, um, old school, where he's like, "Wait, did I just black out? <laughs> what happened? I don't well, know where I came from." You missed Everything. it earlier in the episode. We've already had to Google uh, big words once. So uh, yeah, no, I'll. I'll Th- those are those are those are random so i it's like it's like big word tourettes every now and then so i'm sorry <laughs> in advance <laughs> well, if we if we if we just get quiet and you see us looking at our phones i mean just just roll with it right that's it we're looking yeah. we're looking we're, for the word we're just good i've actually got my thesaurus open here so we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna take it for a little <laughs> Nice. So, uh, I mean, if you don't mind, uh, and I'm sure you've done this this uh, spiel uh, many a times, but um, can you kind of just give us a rundown of of what Ozark Smallmouth Alliance is, um, both the guide side and I think you know the the, the bigger picture, which you do a great job of painting, um, and kind of how all that started. Maybe a little history. Yeah. So, um, I started guiding when you guys were really young, I mean, 1994, 1995, somewhere in there. Um, and so my first six or seven years of guiding full-time was pretty much trout. Um, I spent six summers up in Alaska and, uh, I did the salmon thing, did the steelhead thing, came back would work Taney Como, the white North Fork, that whole gig and, uh, fished some of the, the freestones around here, the North Fork. Etc. So on. Um, smallmouth have always been kind of my, at, at that time anyway, smallmouth were like my fish, right? I didn't want to share them with anybody. I caught my first smallmouth when I was 11 or 12 years old on the Finley River, just 15 minutes from where I sit here right now, and uh, was just infatuated ever since. I didn't really want to guide for them. Um, and so I, I got out of guiding full-time, kept guiding part-time, got into technology, did the whole adulting thing for, you know, 15, 18 years. And um, started, so OSA kind of started really weirdly. Oh, first off, for anybody who didn't know, Ozark Smallmouth Alliance is really a grassroots organization. We are no, there is no formal structure within it at all. We're not a 501c3. Um, anything that I do to help anybody else comes out of my pocket. Um, and I have people that help me, you, you know, some of them, you know, Jeremy, you know, you know, a couple of the other guys that help. So, um, it, it's really more of a loosely formed group of people that all feel the same way you guys do about smallmouth, right? They're the, there are premier native fish, um, with, with emphasis on the word native, um, and, uh, you know, we all just kind of love them, right? And we want them to be protected and cherished forever and, and be around. But the way that whole deal came about was kind of weird. I was I was on one of my favorite little creeks, and it's one that I still guide on today, and it's 30 minutes south of me here. Um, I had just seen so Missouri Smallmouth Alliance and the Conservation Department in Missouri had just come out with that free to fighter sign that has the growth chart on it that shows how long it takes a creek smallie to get X big, right? So, you know, six to seven years, three, 12 inches, et cetera, so on. Um, and that, that was pretty impactful for me. I knew they didn't grow fast. I knew that, um, you know, they didn't get as big as the northern fish do. And I, I knew that, you know, they had, they had inhibiting factors that 
that caused them, you know, to, to be very slow growing. I just didn't realize how much, and, and I had just seen this sign that day and I'm sorry, I'll make a, a long story a little shorter. I came around a corner toward the end of this float and came up on a couple of people that had three fish each on their stringer. Missouri has a very liberal bag limit in most streams. So it's six fish of 12 inches, unless it's a management area or one of those special areas. Um, and I look at these fish and there's six of them there and they're all somewhere between 14 and 16 inches long. And I went to school in Republic, Missouri. So math is not my best, best subject, but I was able to really quickly deduce that if you look at three fish with an average of 10 years growth, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's 30 years per stringer, right? So we got two stringers, you got 60 years of aggregate growth that's just pulled out of the watershed. Um, and and I don't know what compelled me to stop and talk to these folks, but I said, hey, you know, I just saw this sign and I know I've seen you guys out here before. I know that you fish this creek a lot. They were locals. They lived, They actually lived on the farm near the area I was fishing. And I said, but it takes forever for those fish to get that big. And I said, have you noticed any any difference in the fishing quality over here? And he said, well, you know, come to think of it over the years, the, the, the size of the fish has gone down a little bit. It's Anyway, long story short there, I got him to release those fish, the ones that were still alive. And four of them were still in pretty good shape and able to let go. So, and that sort of set off a chain reaction in my head of, of all the TU benefits that I'd been to and all the banquets that I'd spoken at and all the money that Trout Unlimited poured you know, into, into, you know, and, and they're a huge organization. I mean, they have a ton of political backing. They've got a lot of money behind them. You know, they're a dues paying organization. So they get that revenue and smallmouth have not, nothing. I mean, no, people like us that love them. Right. And that's it. And, and so I got to thinking, man, somebody's got to start telling people that it takes literally takes seven years for a fish in Missouri in our streams to reach the size where you can harvest it. That, that, you know, think about that. I mean, it takes a walleye. It takes, so a a keeper walleye in the lakes in Missouri is 18 inches, right? So where I just came from guiding today on beaver tailwaters, keeper walleye is 18 inches. That fish is four years old, three years old. Okay. So, and a white bass, for instance, a white bass that's 12 or 14 inches long, he's maybe 14 or 15 months old. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he's, that's less than two years, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's less than two years. And and so it just got me to thinking that, you know, well, I, I can't, I'm one guy, I can't really, you know, fight. God love our conservation departments, man. Missouri has one of the best in the country, and it's it's a model program for everybody else. But they have to they have to manage for the masses. They have to make everybody happy. And I just saw how much money got poured into trout, and how much attention they got. It well being, right? I mean, it's a great revenue source for for both of our states, for you guys in Oklahoma, and for me up here in Missouri. The tailwaters bring in you know tons of money, right? It's it's there's no no doubting and it keeps people fishing and gets people outdoors and gets them involved. But um, it's also a very renewable resource because how many hatcheries do we have just within three hours of us? 
Right. Yeah. Well, you, you've got you've got a bunch. Yeah. yeah. I think we get our fish from you guys. Yeah. So we have, you know we have we have Shepherd of the Hills. We have Neosho. Mm -hmm. um, there is uh, um, Norfolk. Yeah, Cassville, Roaring River, Bennett Springs has their own hatchery. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the trout parks have their own hatchery. So this is a very renewable, replenishable resource. Smallmouth are not. Smallmouth are native fish. They were born here, bred here, raised here. It takes them forever to get big. And from there, it just sort of took off. Um, you know, we started pushing the free the fighter is not my motto. Uh, free the fighter, it come. Go ahead. If it's not your motto, I, I Missouri needs to license it to you because I don't care if they put it on a sign or not. It uh, actually, it actually stems from the original Smallmouth Alliance in Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And so, what I think that we did that was really good is that we just it was repetitive, right? Mm -hmm. Everywhere. That's where the boom sticker comes from. Is boom. Every time somebody gets send me a big fish or a nice fish or a release video, boom, free the fighter. And so it just sort of, it kind of took off from there. And um, it's sort of, so I, I try really hard and it's hard. And you guys know this, it's hard to separate the guide business from the, from the philanthropic side of this. Um, I have Ozark Smallmouth Flyco, which is the, the guide service. And I really try not to cross pollinate or cross those streams. There's some drag from OSA regardless, just because, I mean, it does get a little bit of attention. So, um, but, you know, OSA to me is, is just education, just reminding people, look, I can't tell you not to keep that fish. You are, if, if you're on the Finley river and you catch a 12 inch smallmouth and you want to keep it, it is your right as a Missourian and somebody that pay or somebody that paid the money for the license keep that fish but i can give you some food for thought for next time yeah yeah i i can shame you uh no <laughs> well i mean and, and that's, i have no problem going doing. yeah going back to that you've been repetitive on that free the fighter another phrase that i've commonly heard you use is is these fish are a gift man and and that's kind of what you're hammering on that you know you can't you have the right to keep these fish you can you can fry them up and eat them all you want but it's a gift for the next person to catch that 10-year-old 16-inch fish. Yep, it absolutely is. And, you know, you look at you look at a 19-inch smallmouth, which are not unicorns, but they're obviously not a fish you catch every trip you go on. You know, that fish, that fish very possibly could be 15 years old. And if you think about the 15 years that it spends living in the creeks with the, just, just, the, just the orbital predators that it has humans oh. ospreys yeah. otters herons i mean all the things above it that want to eat it and then everything else below it that wants to eat it until it reaches you know a size where it becomes a predator of its own right um it, it's a miracle that any of them make it um and now you know not to be MDC does not like Missouri department does not like the free the fighter because they do not want to big word coming up. They do not want to anthropomorphize. However you say that word. They there do not want to, That's can't. twice that words come up in the podcast. So, Everyone so take Ryan, a drink. That's what, yeah. that's what we Googled. That, no joke. That's, that's the word we Googled. Yeah. Yeah. You also, so they, 
they don't like to do that word onto, you know, onto anything that they have because these are, you know, these are not human, they're humanoid things. But um, to me, I mean, they they personify where we live. They they really do. They're tough. Um, you think about the people that crossed over here in in the in the you know early eighteen hundreds and decided. You know, they somebody wagon wheel broke on one of our Rocky Mountains and said, "Well, I guess we're stuck." And they had to make this home, and and the the smallmouth has just that same plight, right? I mean, it's it's a tough life. So, you know, so so listeners, I, I think you know this, uh, uh, especially from the quality of the commentary uh, of any episodes before this, that we don't run on a script, um, but but we can't even spell script, so. I can, I can spell script, uh, <laughs> but, but we've used, we use big, that big fancy word twice this episode. Um, and then we, right before you joined Ryan, we were, I was talking about um, a fish I caught on the upper mountain fork this last weekend uh, that had been in a battle. And this was probably a, oh, I'm not trying to exaggerate, a, maybe a 15 inch, uh, maybe 16 inch, smally, long, skinny dude. Um, but he had fresh scratches, down both sides, two puncture wounds on one side. Uh, a bird of prey had picked that dude up and tried to take him away uh, yeah. within the last you know month or so. Um, uh, probably probably uh, more recent than that. And so yeah, I mean he, even even the the bigger fish uh, or you know medium sized fish, um, they're still gonna fight. And uh, oh, yeah. and he was still pissed off enough to eat my ugly streamer I tied and and uh, um, and let me let me hold him for a second. So um, yeah, I mean they're just tough, super yeah. tough. Yeah. Well, and by the way, ugly streamers are the only ones that catch fish anyway. So <laughs> that makes me feel so much better about myself. Yeah. They they got to be chewed on a little bit and you know have some have some grit on. I mean, yeah, it's worthy of a smoke, right? Gotta catch a little little funk to them. Yeah. So I I will say this, and then I'm probably gonna shut up. And I and I think Dalton's probably got a thousand questions because he's the smart guy of the group. But uh, if there is any bleed over from your uh, philanthropic OSA efforts to your full time guiding group uh, or, or guiding company that allows you to live in the waters and continue to be philanthropic and spread the message and this and that, please. I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't think a person in the world would, would, uh, would fight that because, uh, you know, we need, we need you being able to guide full time and be on the water to take the pictures, to share the message. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a circle, right? And so, um, I, uh, um, I'm very jealous, um, and, and happy that you're out there and, uh, um, we just all good things, dude, all good things. So, well, and I, I do appreciate that because that's something I'm, I'm really cautious about. I don't want to, um, I, I, you know, I don't want to be seen as a shill by any means. Um, but I mean, you know, the beautiful Cindy sitting right here across from me and you can, she, she's been on plenty of trips with me. She knows I'm always educating. I'm always trying to you know, why did that fish do that? Right. Or, you know, why was this fish here at this, you know, particular time? Um, and, and, you know, trying to, to 
it comes through in my trips when people catch a good fish or any fish at all that hey this this is this is something pretty special to me so yeah it it, it I, I and I, pre, I I do more than you know appreciate you saying that because it, it's something that I worry about and try not to try not to uh, you know let you know let happen too often so yeah, I think I think if you fight that line too hard you're you're not going to you're just going to hurt yourself and hurt the, hurt the fish. I think so. I'm going to, I'm going to add one more thing before I shut up. Cause this is what I do, by the way, I tell, I, I say, I'm going to shut up and then I keep talking. And don't yeah, well, I, I figured that out right at the very beginning. <laughs> I one one more thing I, I will say, especially cause you mentioned uh, Cindy being there with you. I am. Uh, what's where I can use here. I try to be a better husband, a better partner because of how openly on social media for the world to see uh, you demonstrate that you adore that woman. That is, I mean, a lot of us dudes, man, we're, we're like, oh yeah, I've got a good wife and da, 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 and you know, and I'll see you when I get back from fishing. Right. And, uh, I, I just, one more thing I'm jealous of, man, you, you, uh, uh, it's a, it's a strong man trait. So, okay. I'm, now, no, I'm dude, sure. if, if, if you knew what she had to put up with, you'd adore her too. So, um, <laughs> she, uh, she's the, you know, that's, She's she has really over the past few years really helped me be more cohesive with my messaging and has really I mean, you know how it is when you're when you're in something for long enough and you start getting blind spots. Right. And then somebody new comes in that maybe doesn't see it the same way as you do. And they say, well, what about this or what about this? And that's where, you know, that's that's Cindy's biggest trait with me, but it's everybody that I've met over the past few years also, you know, that are just new to, new to hanging out with me. I haven't hung out with Jeremy that long, but Jeremy guest, by the way, Jeremy, you know, and you do, you know, you guys know Jeremy. Um, Jeremy also has been one that's kind of, you know, caused the biggest thing that Cindy does is she caused me to think. And Jeremy does a pretty good job of that too. He challenges me on, on as, as does she on, you know, my conventional wisdom. So I think it's a good idea to have, have a group of people around you, like you probably do, Chris, that, that, you know, kind of challenge your, you know, your thinking about things and, and not, not letting things get stale. But I, you know, she just heard you say that and I'll, uh, I'll send you that check here. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to score points here now. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, she's the one you got to score points with. I'm pretty easy. <laughs> oh, that's, man, that's, awesome. that's awesome, man. That, that's been kind of a common theme of the last couple of our episodes is, you know, highlighting how to get family. All three of us have um, young families right now. I've got a um, two and a half year old. He'll be three in May. Trevor's got one on the way. Um Chris has two young girls and and we've all got these young active families that we're trying to get into this sport. Um, and so to know that you share that same passion of just sharing this experience with your family, with your close friends, that's all we're trying to do here, man, is, is spread that message. And, and I wanted to highlight, you know, the content that you guys have been putting out lately. You know, it's so cool to see such quality content come out of our region um, with you and, and the OSA and then 
with Mr. Cole Rickerson of Going Native, man, y'all are putting out some just amazing educational um, content. I mean, just for flat out entertainment purposes, but you're spreading that same message of, look, this is for everybody. We want we want more people in this sport and, and we want you guys to do it right. And, and you know, we're, we're going to show you how to do it right. Yeah, no, Cole is uh, Cole's gift is vision. Um, you know, he, he films everything and he can look at where I have to everything have everything very com- compartmentalized in short choppy clips. And I, I, I want to get it right the first time. Cole can take hours and hours and hours of media content and pull out all these little pieces and then form them into a co he's a, he's a pretty gifted storyteller. So um, I feel pretty fortunate that we were able to connect with him and, uh, you know, have him want to be the one that, you know, kind of brings the story to life because he is, and and he's young, man, he's like 23, um, you know, and, and, what was I doing at 23? Something stupid, I'm sure. But um, he's 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 pretty gifted. Um, and, uh, you know, he saw our he saw our vision before we ever started filming. And then he with that first one that we put out, um, took that and framed it. I mean, there was a lot more interview that we did that didn't make it in there, but he took the pieces that needed to be in there and put them in a cohesive in a cohesive manner that made sense and told the story better. Now, the second one that they're working on, you know, tells a little bit more about um, some of the other people involved and some of the other, you know, aspects of OSA. So I, I think uh, I think we're pretty fortunate that we uh, we were able to to connect with them. So, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you like the, you know, like the stuff. It was, um, it was, uh, it was not easy to, to do and get through. Let's put it that way. We, on top of being away from our families and not really having much contact cause we were, we were pretty deep off in it. <laughs> it stormed for a day and a half, like you've never seen before. Um, it, it got hairy. We had trees falling in the water. Um, it, it got it got fairly hairy there for a while. So it was, uh, <laughs> oof, yeah. Oh yeah, man. We appreciate y'all putting your life on the line for that quality content, man. Because it, I was <laughs> I was hitting that share button with everybody, dude. It, it it's awesome. Y'all are doing a great job. Appreciate that. Just makes me want to go out there and fish with you guys more. Yeah, yeah. No, no actually, so- talking about Jeremy Guest. Jeremy Guest was actually present. The first time I met him, uh, it was like mid-March, and I'm a dummy and my waders out there um, on the upper Illinois River, and I had caught my first smallmouth, and he rolled up on his fly craft. So his presence, I think, blessed me with that first Ozark smallmouth. He's a fishy dude. He is, man. He is. He is. He is one of the fishiest dudes I know. Um, and uh, he he really takes a lot of time to think about why something happens um and uh and you've got another good one down there in dodds and donovan all those guys are are, you know super duper fishy guys um so you you've got a you've got a pretty deep you know gene pool down there for for smallmouth for sure i mean just those three guys alone um are you know as fishy as they come so 
Yeah. Yeah, dude, I get starstruck around you guys. Uh, I mean, just feel blessed to be around you guys and soak up some knowledge. Yeah, no, don't get starstruck around me. I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm just a snow. Um, I'm just, a, I'm a guy that just decided one day that I didn't want to work anymore. <laughs> I think and, all and three a, of us are almost there. In yeah. a real, you know, in a real job. Don't get me wrong, guiding's real work. Um, and you guys know some guides. It's it's hard mm-hmm. work, but yeah. Um, the, the biggest part of it for me is spreading the message. Um, and honestly, I wish that I could do it. I wish that I could do it from a boat 12 months out of the year, but you know how hard these fish are to catch in January, February. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I feel similarly blessed that I get to talk about this and come on, you know, the, the, this show with you guys and talk about the things that excite me and, and the, you know, the passions that I have. So yeah. I, I was one of those, I was one of those arrow God, everybody's got a freaking podcast now. And, um, but the more, you know, the more thought I put into it, the more I thought every chance you get to talk is a chance to educate and every chance you get to educate, even if you only touch one person, that's one person that could maybe take your message and touch one more person and so on and so forth. So, um, that's just, that's the way I believe. Yeah, man. So, so both both of our listeners will uh, uh, appreciate hearing from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Are you? Is it two now? Well, two and a half. I don't know how. I don't yeah. know how that uh, the metrics work there, but uh, two and a half is what it's showing. So. Well, then, then, uh, then we've got a we we've got what we would call a target rich environment. Exactly, and I, I listened to it, you know, twice. So who knows? But uh, <laughs> nice. So let's. Uh, um, let's talk fishing. Uh, so I think I, I see, cause you talked about, you know, uh, targeting smallmouth as, as much as you can throughout the year. And then I, I see in these colder months, um, you're running a, uh, like a white river type trout boat, um, yep. uh, for walleye and a few yep. other species. Um, but, but it's spring and, and it's, and it's time to talk smallmouth. If you could give uh, the listeners scratch that, if you could give me um, like <laughs> like the magic key tip, um, whether that be presentation, fly, whatever it is, uh, what's what's that nugget that you would share? So if you were asking me this in June, I could get real spur or, or May even, I could get real specific with you on pattern presentation, where the fish are holding and everything. But this time of year, it's persistence. You have to be out there. These fish are starting in mid-February. I mean, these fish start thinking about this time of year that we're in right now in mid-February. They start looking to eat again. The first few warm days that we get, we get a couple of degrees bump in water temperature. Metabolism goes up. They're ready to eat a little bit more. They're still holding in those winter spots, those deep holes with big rock and slower current and places that they can get away and and chase down prey easily. But, and, but so what's crazy about this time of the year is that at the beginning of this time of the year, say mid-March, they're holding there. We get a week of warm weather, they move out and they start moving into those pre-spawn areas, which are, you know, adjacent to adjacent to gravel flats with current and big rock. 
places that the that, that their forage is going to eat. Crawdads start moving, so they start looking for those. Um, and then boom, we get four days of 30 degree weather and the water go, temperature goes from 58 back down to 47 in six days. And get what do they do? Right back down, they slide right back down over into those winter holes again and they go, okay, well, it's just not time yet. So I think I think what this time of year persistence is um, the is the key. It's keeping the fly wet. It's keeping um, and oh yeah, get get uh, get intimate with your favorite sink tip. Um, and uh, and I don't care what anybody says. This time of year, bigger is better. Um, most of the big fish we're catching right now are on, you know, eight inch double deceivers, um, six and a half inch long dungeons, um, you know, shuttlecocks that are four and a half, five inches long with a great big profile. So, you know, give them something that they are willing to take the risk to eat this time of year and you'll be successful. Cal- calories work versus, you know, reward. Yeah. Risk versus reward. Exactly. Risk reward. It, it, this time of year right now, until we can level out on the weather, it's a risk reward game for them all the way around. So, um, okay. That's right. Yeah. Sink tip. Definitely. Cause you gotta, you gotta get the fly down there to them. Uh, yeah. but yeah, two very different camps. Right. Uh, and I've, and I've heard from both, uh, this year already, but, the, um, like you said, big five, six, seven inch flies, uh, down and deep and in their face and, and full of calories um, versus the man, you got to go really small, light colored crayfish. I think you're, you're creeping them both along. You're, you're working them both ridiculously slow. Yeah. Right? N- nothing super aggressive. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm not in the crawfish camp until about May. Um, and, and, it, so I was on I was on some pretty good smallmouth water Friday of last week, and I probably didn't see three crawdads. And normally in the summer, every rock I turn over has got fifteen under. That does not mean they're not eating them at all. Um, the problem I think you run into this time of year fishing, you know, things right on the bottom is flow. Um, we have a lot of water in the creek. I mean, look at the Illinois. Look what it did overnight, right? All that oh, water shut, came down. Yeah. Right back up, yeah. Yeah, all that water came down from Fayetteville, and boom, you're back up. I mean, at two, it's at 1,800 CFS right now, which is, is fishable, but you're not going to keep a crowd out of the bottom. I don't care what you do. I mean, you're you're yeah. going to have to depth charge it and then get it down, and it's going to be really tough. So, um Yes, I 100% agree that they will eat crawdads and leeches this time of year. Are they the high percentage fly? I do not think so at all. Um, and yeah, I'll get a lot of flack about that. And I know I know some of the people you're talking about that would give me a lot of flack about that. And that's okay. Um, we've all developed our own little our own little niches, right? And things that we know that work and. Most of all, I mean, it's like with any kind of fishing, whatever you have confidence in, you're going to fish the best. Yeah. Well, and, and this last weekend, uh, um, you know, I think that just like you said, several days of cold, cold, cold air and cold nights and, uh, you know, 30 mile an hour north winds, uh, it, it dropped the uh, the water on the upper mountain fork where we were. Um, it had to be eight or 10 degrees. Um and 
we had to get deep. We got slow, stupid, stupid, mind numbing, slow returns. Um, I lost a few flies, uh, but I had the most success on a, about a five inch articulated EP bait fish thing. Um, and, and that's what, that's what caught fish. You know, we didn't slam, but they were good fish. Um, and so we, we went big, um, partly because I don't have a whole lot of small flies in my fly box. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, um, if we tell Chris to get a small olive fly, he'll give you a eight inch articulated pink rubber legged, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I I get it. If you look at my box, all you're going to see in there is, is meat, big stuff. I've got a crawfish box that I fish in the summer, but um you know i i think i think the other thing this time of the year is cadence figure out what your cadence is how are they looking for that fly do they want a long slow strip do they want fast jerky strips that you you know you pause between there are three things i think in an articulated fly that catch fish for smallmouth pause hover and kick and i've heard i know i've I've said that a million times before but i think any fly that will pause when you stop it hover and maintain depth and not dive right not just change attitude and and so along with that was attitude how is the fly pointing what are those fish looking for Is, is you know are, are you getting a big belly in your sink tip and the fly is moving downstream against, you know, with the current, whereas if it's a bait fish, it should be moving with the current. Right. So I think that pause, I think a fly that will stop and hover and maintain depth, almost like a, like a suspending uh, jerk bait would. Yeah. Um, and something that when you stop it will move, like whether that's an articulation that kicks or it's feathers that undulate that just make that fish go, yeah, yeah, I, I probably better eat that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think along with that with cadence, and you know as well as I do that figuring out cadence is just experimenting, right? Do they want a, a short jerky strip? Do they want a jerk strip? Do they want a long slow strip with a pause? How do they want it? And, and then the number one hardest thing me that i personally fight let's say that it's a long slow strip and and i like with my articulated bait fish uh articulated flies i like a long slow strip and i actually speed up at the end and then like sudden stop and that sudden stop gives just this nasty tail kick and Um, that's what yeah that's what i mean by kick if you can get that fly to to well i mean Blaine Chocolate catches a lot of musky, right? Mm-hmm. And most of his musky are caught on a fly called the T-bone. The T-bone does just that. When it stops, it goes and it T-bones. Okay. Um, I think smallmouth react the same way. Um, so I don't know. But, you know, again, everybody will give you, I mean, you can ask six guides and, they're probably going to agree on pattern selection. They're probably going to agree on sink line, but everything else they're going to go. No, uh, no, I, I do this or I do that. And if they're successful, then, then that's awesome. And you know, yeah. What, what I was saying though, I have a horrible time 
you know, if, if I find that retrieve uh, or that action that that works and I, I, you know, I catch a good fish or I, I get a great chase, and I just didn't quite hook up, whatever that is, I find that it works. I have a really hard time slowing myself down. And I think yeah. most people do back to that same uh, that same cadence, that same retrieve, because I'm fired up and I just want to burn it after that. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's uh that's my own personal battle. That's, that's my own demons that I'm going to admit to the listeners today. Um, I, I'll usually, and I'll tell you, and this may work for you, Chris, when, when I have a, because I see this that with clients all the time, they get jazzed up and they're ready to go. I'll take a break and I'll make them stop. Okay. And let the adrenaline go. We'll look at the pictures we took, talk about something else. Just get your mind off of it. Um, when you're fishing for yourself, I don't know what to tell you about that because I do the same thing. I get pretty fired <laughs> up. And then I, I physically have to think in my head, what did you do to make that fish bite? And how are you going to do it again? And that's usually within the third or fourth cast after I've let that fish go going, all right, dumbass, you're burning it again and you're not doing what you just did. You've completely changed your tactic. <laughs> yeah. Expecting similar results. Um so yeah, it's a it's a it's a man, fishing streamers, fishing streamer, fishing smallmouth. Period is is a mental game. Um, you know, because they are a lot like trout if you think about it. In 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 some aspects, they will hold in the same water. Mm-hmm. Um, they will eat some of the same prey. That uh, they love riffles. They love cooler water, highly oxygenated water big rocks to hide behind everything else after that is completely different in my opinion trout nippet flies i mean how many times have you actually caught a big trout and had that front hook all the way buried in the back of his mouth all right right so so you said it a second ago when you're talking about blaine chocolates uh fly and that that actually uh made me laugh a bit i've not heard of the t-bone fly but if you were completely bored, had nothing else to do with your life, and you went back to previous episodes and listened to ours, uh, the, one of my biggest things when I'm floating down the river, I start getting fired up. There's no control in it, by the way. There, there's no self-control when you're with me in the boat, and I get fired up, and I'm going to mess up my cadence. But I will start calling for T-Bone Tyrone. I cannot wait to see a fish absolutely t-bone that fly come out behind a rock and just t-bone it so so i start calling for t-bone tyrone and anybody Usually in the form of a country song it, it, <laughs> it happens i've got a big cooler on the raft let's just say that but uh yeah. but ranch but you, waters hey, are involved you've got, a, you've got a nice raft by the way man i meant to compliment you on that that thing is ah. uh that thing's that thing's money i like it uh, thank you very much. Thank you. I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the, the Maxon rafts. Uh, there was, there was time uh, this weekend, especially when we're dealing with some, some shady uh, um, put-ins and takeouts that I wish I had a um, uh, either the 11 foot um, slightly thinner, slightly narrower Maxon raft or, or a river rat. Uh, yeah. You're a big river rat proponent. And uh, yeah, um, I, I could, uh, they all have a place. They're all wonderful. Yeah. But I, I, I love, I do love the Maxon rafts. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. And I've been, and then, by the way, I, 
Oh, sorry, Dalton. And by the way, I uh, taking a lesson from you. Um, there will be tuck, uh, duct tape on my D rings uh, after I was chastised uh, by Aaron Fletcher this weekend for catching fly line over and over and over again. Isn't that a pain in the ass? Oh, God. those are some grabby D rings, man. Yeah, duct tape those dudes down, man. It's your best friend. If 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 I did never, if I never wanted to switch ends of my frame again and just. You know, because about every fourth trip, I'll just flop the frame. You really? Know, over in. Um, if I'd never wanted to do that again, I'd cut those expletive, expletive, mm-hmm. expletive D-rings off of that raft. I would. Okay. But I like to flip the frame just to keep the wear even and keep everything, you know, I don't know it's an OCD thing with me, but... Um, yeah, tape those things down, dude, because there is nothing worse as a guide watching a client struggle with line management in a raft. Right. You've seen this with people in your raft. Um, it's bad enough when it gets in the floor. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, it's going to get in the floor. The wind's going to blow it over onto the seat or up onto a cup hole. You can, however, do something about keeping it out of those blasted, bloody D-rings that are on the front of your raft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duct tape's money. Duct tape's money. Hey, so, yeah. okay. Um, can you hear me gonna, over there, Ryan? I was going to um, highlight your raft, Ryan, and I've been trying to um, give Chris some insight into your mobile cooking setup. I was like, dude, we need this on the back <laughs> of the big blue raft. Cause man, you, you got a outdoor kitchen on that thing, man. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy those. So I, I've got a 1961 Coleman 760 three burner stove. Um, I've got people probably once a month trying to buy that damn thing off. Of mm-hmm. me. Can't find it's beautiful. It. Um, it fits perfectly on the transom of the raft. And it was just, and this was a, this was a Cindy idea. This was a, she knew, she knew, I mean, she wasn't, we weren't together when I was Alaska because I was, she was like 11 then or something. That would have been weird, but um, I was, I was, I, I did shore lunches the entire time I was in Alaska. We carried Coleman stoves with us. We kept a fish for the clients to eat. We cleaned them right there. We cooked them on shore and ate them, right? Um, and there are, you know, um, I think uh, Dally does that as well. Dally does a pretty, I don't think it's fish, but I don't, and I don't know what it is, but he does a really good shore lunch. And so Cindy's like, why are you not doing this? Why are you not cooking for people out there? I mean, and so, you know, we started doing fajitas and figured out that that old stove that I had that was, you know, I found at a flea market. 10 years ago for 25 bucks was the perfect thing to do it. So I was, was going to ask what you're cooking. So, so fajitas or burgers or burgers, fajitas, fillies, fish fry. Fish fry. Fish, I, I have someone that's requested walleye next month. So that's walleye in the freezer. Okay. We're going to next month. Um, just a little bit of everything, man. It's uh Fajitas are the most requested. Breakfast burritos. Oh yeah, we've done. Yeah, we do breakfast burritos. Um, oh yeah, big breakfast per, burrito uh, proponents here at Creek yeah. Adventures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, we do soup, do stew, um, just you know, 
<laughs> so I took a guy, I took a guy last year, a guy named Rob Zwiervar, who's out of, uh, out of up close to Jeff city. Um, he's a correctional officer. Um, and he is, uh, he's a big proponent. He's a big involved in pig farming. If you've heard of that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The, uh, what was the J rockfish and a bunch of those. Yeah, guys. yeah. 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 He's, he's connected with those guys really well, but Rob is, um, life on the fly on Instagram. Go look him up. Super cool dude. Last year in September, and you know, how September can be, it can be the best month or the worst month. And we were having a really rough day. And, uh, I think we had one fish when we stopped for lunch. Um, and we stopped it at what I call the Cindy riffle. It's a riffle that Cindy figured out one day. It's a riffle where there isn't a riffle, right? So the bottom just sort of comes up and okay. you just sort of barely see it. And then there's a deeper pool below it, but she figured that, that hole out really good. And we stopped there to have lunch. We ate fajitas. I did uh, chicken fajitas and all the fixings, everything. And I did it up right. We ate till we just about blew up, and we tied on the old bruised banana, uh, drunk and disorderly, and just absolutely had one of the most stellar afternoons in the fall I've ever had in my life as a guide. Um, immediately, first cast after tying that fly on after lunch, we had a 17, and we had another 17, and we had a 16, and a 15, and two more 14s out of that same hole, all on almost successive casts. Wow. And so Zwiervart calls it the fajita, the fajita magic. Um, <laughs> so it was just one of those things that it, it's a nice break in the day. Um especially if you're having a rough day and, and guides don't talk about their rough days very often, but we have them. And, and I worry sick about putting people on fish. I mean, that's Cindy's seen it. I mean, I've just made myself nauseous thinking about what I was going to do the next day and how, how I was going to make it successful. And so, you know, you can kind of take that hour between 11 and 12 or 12 and one and cook fajitas and talk and bullshit. Nobody's, you know, nobody's worried about fish anymore. And so it just sort of refocuses you. Nice. That way more information than you asked for. No, man. that's absolutely key, man. And I think, <laughs> I think the mindset is changing around, you know, guided trips um, to, you know, it's not, you're not there to fill the freezer. Most people are just one and experience. Some of this stuff. So fit, I mean, it's not, but it feels so unattainable to people. So, for you to be so hospitable and give them that experience, um, man, I really, at least me, I know that's what I'm looking for in, in a guide experience. And, and man, you're doing a heck of a job doing it just from what I see, what you post on, on your socials, man. Well, I, and I appreciate that. And my, my whole goal is fun, right? Make the day enjoyable. Even if I'm having a crappy day because I don't think I, I have these expectations of myself as a guide and maybe they just don't parlay over sometimes into what the customer actually expects um, but as long as you're you know don't get me wrong catching if, if, if you're giving somebody $450 you better work your ass off and put them on some fish period end of story there is no excuse for not putting 100% of everything you have into making sure they get on fish. I I have days where the customer was thrilled and I wasn't. And I said, look, I'm giving you a half day free. And they're like, what? And I was like, no, I don't. I think this day could have gone better. I didn't work hard enough. 
And I just, that's my philosophy around this. This is, this is someone taking money and giving it to me to teach them to do something that I do every day. And I do not in any way, shape or form, take that for granted. Um, it is, it is a, it is a blessing. It is a privilege to be able to do this. Um, and not everybody's cut out for it. Some guys, you know, do it four or five years and they're done. Um, yeah, I, I can I can't see myself doing anything else, mainly because I'm not good at anything else. But I still can't see myself doing anything else. So, man, if you were uh, if you were signing people up for a guide school just now, um, uh, you got me. I mean, I I, I uh, I'll quit my day job. Um, I mean, your your passion is is contagious. Uh, and so I, I I admittedly have a guide license and have have guided one paid uh, uh, client in my entire lifetime and, and instead have these freeloaders with me all the rest of the time. But, uh, uh, and I, I, I tell you, I, I, I gotta plug these guys real quick. Um, I'm, we do not tip well. It's not worth yeah. a shit. Um, yeah. no, none of my friends that I fish with do either. So don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's endemic to our profession. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just part of the gig. No, I, I uh, uh, tell you real quick. I'm gonna, I want to plug these guys because I'm I'm in one of those moods, and the whiskey's tasting good, and I like embarrassing people. But uh, so Dalton here, um, he's got his own Instagram uh, handle called Worth the Wade. So Worth yeah. the Wade. And uh, but but Dalton is our chef. This dude cooks. Um, we, I think we've labeled him the breakfast burrito aficionado um, a couple times or breakfast burrito engineer or something. I mean, the dude can just flat out cook. Uh, cheese encrusted. He, he, he put cheese on the outside of the tortilla and grilled, you know, you know that kind of grilled cheese. Uh, I, anyway, I can't explain it. Wow, but like it's my vita type of. Oh, yeah. The it's dude, my love language. <laughs> the dude's awesome but we are we are going to um are you trying to steal my girlfriend away from me or what <laughs> with the cheese encrusted burrito <laughs> <laughs> she's she's over here got a great big smile on her face and i'm like okay dalton whatever yeah <laughs> sorry yeah, i've been totally known to have that effect uh, <laughs> well, so just right, you'll be fine so we uh, uh, we are starting not this not this episode, but uh, uh, maybe as early as next uh, the next next week, um, we are going to have a worth the weight w e i g h t worth the weight cooking segment with Dalton on each of our podcast <laughs> episodes. So uh, he's going to throw That's it the product some... of me sending these guys what I'm eating for dinner every night. So oh, it's ridiculous! Yeah. It's ridiculous. In case y'all are wondering, I'll, I'll send you what I'm cooking for dinner every night. Uh, uh, but the worth the wait ex, uh, episode or segments, sorry, he's going to throw down some, uh, uh, Riverside cuisine, um, and, and some, uh, some ideas. So I'm kind of excited about that. And then bragging on my other dude here, Trevor, um, and I don't know if you know this, but Trevor works full time in the, uh, uh, film industry. And, uh, so he is working, uh, has worked out an idea where, um, if we had a client, uh, if you had a client, if any any of the, the guides around town have a, had a client that also wanted their um, uh, their trip documented, right? So they get, they get to fish once a year, but they want they want a video, they want it photoed uh, professionally. That will actually provide a second boat 
um, and, uh, and him out here with all his gear to, uh, to video it and photo it. And so that's kind of a, a cool little add on. I'm uh, interested to see. Really good idea. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really interested to see and optimistic that we get a fishing trip boudoir shoot out of it. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, I only speak English and Latin, so I don't know what you just said. <laughs> oh. let's, just, let's just say that we don't want to see Dalton in a Speedo, but it might end up on camera. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh anyway i'm super super happy and proud to know these dudes and uh i, I want to plug them when i can so that trevor's idea is a really good idea and one that i think you should you guys really need to market more because i mean i i take tons of pictures you see them i post them all the time yeah. um but i i can't do these trips justice you know for especially when i you know and and it, Dalton or not Dalton, but uh, Donovan and Jeremy, anybody else that you're Gregory Dodds and anybody else, the guys full time, they get customers in that only get to fish once or twice a year. And, and that's with them. Yeah. Right? So I think that's a very, uh, very marketable um, product that uh, you should probably, probably send me some information on and maybe we can figure something out. I will gladly do that. There you go. I'll gladly send you information. That would be amazing. That's uh, that really is. I mean, you know, especially if they're you know, if they're willing to pay for it, and, and it's it's worth it's a value add to them. Then, yeah. I mean, a, you know, think of that. Trevor father. films, Chris Rose, and then I fish out of the back of the boat. That's how it works. That's yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they say that they say the chef is always going to be the smartest guy. So <laughs> I'm I'm a dumb army guy. It, it, I keep you keep this the 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 cook and the supply guy uh, well uh, well maintained, and they take care of you, right? So absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the uh, and the and the and the armor, yeah, exactly, armor happy, exactly, exactly. So okay, so. Uh, Rapid fire last questions, man. Uh, see, see, and then I'm gonna see if these guys have anything as well. Favorite fly for smallmouth, Un unholy diver, unholy diver. Okay, so is that a like a floating that you bring down That's on a say that is a thrice articulated drunken disorderly by Andrea Sanderson? Okay, okay. Thr <laughs> Three three shanks or three hooks? No, three shanks, two hooks. Uh, okay. Although the, I, I'm going to say something else that'll make some of your other guys mad. That rear hook for a smallmouth mm -hmm. is stupid. <laughs> okay. There is no, there is zero. Let me see if I've got one in my in this box. There is zero reason, almost zero reason to have that rear hook on a smallmouth fly. Um, they. They, they, so I don't know how well you can. Oh, that's just nasty. So, can Man, you see dirty. the deer hair? Sorry, I can't fly. see this, but yeah, your, yeah, your listeners can't see this, which is a good thing because I've got a face for radio. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, fly, um, lots of craft fur, um, split tail. Okay. Um, it's a monster, man. 
It really is. It does every single thing. So it's it's really a toss up between this and probably the lunch money. Hard to argue lunch money. Yeah. When the, when those fish in June, when those fish are garden nests, um, and the the sunfish start to maraud nests, and then this you know a week or two later. The, the sunfish start to the, the, the bluegills and pumpkin seeds and, and, and long ears start to make their own nests. Mm-hmm. I had one, I have one box that I carry with me in June that is nothing but lunch money, different sizes and covers. I've had entire trips. Um, do you know who the show me fly guy is? Have you seen him? I haven't. Dalton's shaking his head. I believe, yeah. I, I believe I've seen. Yeah, I believe I've seen him. Some yeah, stuff, yeah. So uh, Tyler Dykes, he's up from up, up north of Kansas City. I had him out last year, and he probably put thirty fish in the boat, and we didn't change patterns once, and it was a lunch money all day, and it was June 9th or tenth of last year. Um, so those two are my favorite. Those two are my favorite two small okay. flies. Best best smallie ever. Twenty three. Holy shit! Ooh, holy shit! Twenty three inches. Yeah, back in print film days, so I'd have to dig it out and find it. <laughs> Skinny or fat? Skinny or fat? Skinny river fish. Yeah, probably you know four and a half pound fish. Over where you live, that fish is seven pounds. Where right. I live, the the it was four four and a half. But it's still twenty three. Yeah, <laughs> it's still it was, it was, yeah. I, oh, I, I don't expect to ever probably. I will. Cindy will, because I mean, she's oh. already got a 21 and, and one bigger than that. So, but yeah, 23, 23 was, is my biggest. Um, the, in recent memory, 21. So within the last two years, 21. It's still over 20. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Jeremy said, I'm sure you saw, uh, saw it as well. Jeremy sent me a picture yesterday of the fattest smallmouth. That fish I, that Jared Miller caught. Yes. Yeah. That was a, I saw that one. That one was nuts. Yeah. Barely 19 inch fish. That was probably over five pounds. I, it was as big around as it was long. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, no. if, Who's who's the Hispanic comedian that's so funny? Um, um, There's lots. No, the 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 short wide guy, funny Gabriel Iglesias. Yes, that was fluffy. the Gabriel Iglesias. Uh, <laughs> was it Chewy? Yeah. It goes by Chewy or something. He's yeah, fluffy. Anyway. Fluffy. Yeah. He's that fluffy. was the fluffy of smallmouth. I mean, that was a ginormous fish. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Okay, and then last last question. And, and for the listeners, he's, uh, you know, we're completely putting uh, Ryan on the spot here. Most insane guiding story, either crazy, funny, near death. <laughs> Can it be a bad one? Oh, yeah. Horrible. Whatever. Make it up. So last it- year I took I took a guy on a trip on the North Fork of the White. And Jim has since become a very good friend and a very good client. And, and after I tell you this story, you won't believe it. <laughs> um, so we were going to do kayaks down to the North Fork and throw streamers for brown trout, right? This is the Freestone side in Missouri, right? Not the tailwater. Um, I had put a rod bolt on my trailer and mounted it between two PVC bars, which I had put kayaks on. 
Um, the road going to our launch on the North Fork at Kelly's Ford was a goat path. Um, always has been a goat path, always will be a goat path, will never change. The rod vault separated um, and broke six rods. <laughs> on the way to day one. On the way to day one. Oh, so God. Ooh. Four of his and two of mine. Um, all of his were moonshines. He had extra replace. He had replacement sections for for it. So we were able to fish. Okay. Um, got flooded out that day. The next day, day two of this trip, Jim has a brand new Skadden U-boat. Have you seen those? It's no. the the eight or oh. nine foot long Skadden U with a set board in the middle and oars. It's a it's a personal. It's a single U-boat rowing machine. So the same, same thing as the U-cataract type thing, the raft, but a smaller one with a, with a yeah. paddleboard floor. Okay. Got yeah, it. with a stand-up paddleboard floor, it's got a set of six-foot oars on it, so one a guy can sit right in the middle and oar it. And it's meant for one guy and one guy only. I mean, it's it's almost like an, an outcast, but U-shaped, right? Sure. Um, we launched the same place. Don't make the same mistake with the rod vault. We're good this time. We've got rods. We literally, and if you've never been to the North Fork of the White, you have to understand how wild this place is. Um, it's nowhere, man. It's literally no cell service, no houses, no nothing. We were a half, three quarters of a mile into a seven mile trip. And Jim went shallow over a shoal and caught his pontoon on a piece of construction debris that was on the bottom oh. and re- first time on the water with this thing uh-huh. this is a four thousand dollar piece of equipment repair kit oh yeah no um, <laughs> not not one for a foot long hole let's put it that way he had oh, the, the little repair kit they sent with it but i'm not kidding you and, and your listeners can't see this but this hole was literally a foot or 14 inches long. It just sliced it. It just sliced it. We're, I mean, we are literally in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. Um, So Ryan had to hike about a mile to the top of the nearest hill to get cell service and call the, the outfitter we were staying with. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, I can get to you maybe, if they don't have the gate closed at the top of the hill. If they have the gate closed at the top of the hill, you're going to have to haul kayaks, gear, and broken down U-boat to the top of the hill for me to pick you up. This was my first guide trip with this guy ever. Um, And uh, luckily the gate was open. Brian was able to get to us and pick us up and take us back and (laughs) mercifully put a bullet in the trip. Um. But you know what's so funny, though, is that we ended up going back to where we were staying and just taking a walk and fishing streamers all the way back and picked up some fish, taught him a few things about fishing streamers for trout. And the guys, how many trips has he booked with me? At least 10. Probably 10 trips since then. A big corporate trip with eight people he's bought several thousand dollars worth of cups for merchandise stuff from Cindy. So um, that's probably, that's probably the craziest, weirdest guide story that I have. I mean, just, just, just one thing after another. Oh uh, man, it, was, it literally was the trip from hell. I thought, 
I am never going to talk to this guy again. He's going to go on social media and he's going to tell everybody that I'm a blooming idiot. <laughs> you, you, you may not have a better business bureau review or rating or whatever, but you were fixing to have one. And what do you yeah, right, exactly. And that's what I thought, but it didn't work out that way. So, um, no. I mean, you know, and I, and I I'm going to guess that somewhere in the middle of that, and I, and I preach this, uh, and I think listeners have heard, heard me say this, but, uh, you know, if you're a good human being, it's going to work out. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if, if you're, uh, that's my two cents at least, right. It doesn't work out all the time, but if you're a good human, um, you know, that I think good things will come. So but Jim was definitely a good human with, a lot of grace. <laughs> he, he was dealing grace to you. Left yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do it, yeah. Because I was about ready to, I was about ready to jump off the cliff into the river. So, oh man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my crazy guide story. I like it. Dalton, Trevor, do you have any, uh, any, any questions or parting words or. Man, this has been awesome. It really has. Um, I'm excited to get out there and, and fish with you, Ryan, whenever that may be. Um, all you guys, uh, all the guys you've mentioned on the, you know, podcast so far, Jeremy, Craig Dodds, um, Jer was it Jared Miller, JD, I know him as JD, I know his handle. JD, JD Miller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I, I get starstruck around these guys, just seeing the amazing content and the, uh, the adventures you guys are having. So, um, this is just an amazing community that I'm, you know, gracious to be involved with. And, and a newcomer too, and and learning from you guys. So I appreciate all the knowledge you're willing to share with us tonight. No, oh, yeah, that's that's my job. Thank you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I think my question was just going to be, you know, how do I get better at catching smallmouth? And <laughs> like <laughs> just listening to this, I I feel I feel way better. Um, and we'll revisit this after my confidence gets crushed here in the next few weeks, probably. But well. Uh, <laughs> I really believe to get better, you have to get crushed first. Yeah, I've got I've gotten real good at. And so that you're part. there, huh? You're like, okay, I'm there. So yeah, where does the, the uphill <laughs> gonna turn that corner eventually, right? Yeah, right. No, just uh, dude, just stay after it. Just keep that faith. Keep believing. Um, anyway, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna go all. What's his name? What's the Tony Robbins guy on you? But um, <laughs> I, I have, and you know, and, and you ask any guy this, and I have days where I'm just like, you know what? What the hell? What am I doing? Um, I have days where I go, you know, just full, full metal jacket, and I, I, I don't, I feel like I don't know anything. Um, yeah. but if you keep, keep casting, you're going to catch fish, and that's the best thing, best advice I can give you. Well, that's awesome advice, man. You keep crushing it. I'm, I'm so glad that you came and talked to us today, man. This is a blast. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you, you've named all those cool guys and I, you know, I don't want to, to not name, uh, uh, Clayton in the, in that list. We got to meet Clayton here recently at one of our trout unlimited events. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. Now Clayton, Clayton is, if my sons grow up to be half the man that Clayton Eliason is, I will be very happy that's nice that's nice he is uh um i i think a lot about that boy and sometimes i don't talk about him enough um you know and not, it's not on purpose but he's uh he's a household name here. 
He is a household name here. I talk to Clayton every single day, probably more than once a day. Good. Um, he's uh, he's a good young man, and he's going through a pretty rough time right now. And so, if you've got any good thoughts to to send out to him, and and your listeners want to send him some prayers or whatever, just good vibes. He's uh, you know he's just had that surgery and. Yeah. Looking at things that most 25 year olds should not be looking at right now. And we're going to do everything we can to, to pull him through it and, and uh, get him out the other side. He's, he's tough as hell. I'm going to tell you that he's a cowboy. Um, that's nice. his first thing is he is. Did you ever see the video that we did that day when we rescued the calf? I don't think so. No, one day we're on that Beaver one. Tailwaters, not to go too long into this, but one day we're on Beaver Tailwaters and the water had come up overnight. They hadn't been generating for four or five days, and then they kicked on two units full blast overnight, and there was a brand new calf, brand new Holstein calf on one side of the river. And I mean, this this calf had lick marks on it still. It was so new. Wow. Um, and I'm just like, oh, that's so sad. Clayton's mm-hmm. like, you're going to go over there, right? And I'm like, you go over there and what? <laughs> And he goes, well, we're going to put it in the boat and we're going to take it over into this pasture over here so he can get back with his mom. Boys and girls, I saw some cowboy stuff that day. Um, <laughs> we went to the bank. Clayton jumps out of the boat, runs up to the calf, hog, not hog ties it, but grabs it, throws it, fireman's carry over his shoulders, runs into my boat, sits down and goes, all right, let's go get to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a this is a cow. Yeah. This, I mean, this is this is not a this is not a, a you know a, a, a somebody's Yorkie that is lost on the side of the river somewhere. This is like a baby calf. This thing's 140 pounds or 120 pounds, or whatever. But he picked it up like it was a like it was a, a a rag doll and put it over his shoulder and said, "All right, get me to the other side." This is no joke. He he gets it. You've been on the White River. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know how steep some of those banks can get when it gets down into the valley. Yeah. I take him over into a backwater slough. He has to climb up this, literally a bluff, with this calf on his shoulder and his dog barking at him the whole time he goes up there. Gets up into the field and almost gets killed, leaving the calf there, and comes back and he says, "All right, let's go fishing." <laughs> That's quite cowboy stuff. That is cowboy stuff. That's and awesome. That in, in a <laughs> That's awesome. He's uh, I love that boy like a son. I really do. And and uh, Lingen calves. Yeah, I wish we'd have talked about him more, but you know. Well, get listeners, get make sure you go online and uh, and check out Red's Guide Service. Uh, that yep. that is Mister Clayton Elias, and he's he's got some great pictures, both uh, smallmouth and walleye, and. Uh, he runs a, a river rat like you do uh, in the summer for for smallies and uh, yep. uh, super fishy dude. So make sure you give uh, give him a look online and um, uh, that's good stuff, man. Well, Ryan, man, I I can't thank you enough for for spending your evening with us. Uh, I'm sure you got to get up early tomorrow and do it all again, but uh, um, we've sure appreciate. It. I'm sure the listeners do as well having you on and uh, picking your brain a little bit, man. Yeah, to uh, to all two of your listeners, I want to say thank you. Both both of them. You gotta say both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Shout out to Dalton's mom. All right. So hey, yeah, no, thank you. Any like I said, um, any chance I get to speak about 
small mouth and and what I do for a living and and education on you know our our native fish is is never enough. So I I truly appreciate you guys taking the time and and having the interest to do this. Um, you know I I know just from seeing you know some of your social media stuff that you guys are genuinely uh, you know into. I'm an Ozarks guy. I was born and bred, raised here, and I love this region. And I really feel like just watching what you guys do, you do too. So, um, pretty easy decision to come on. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate Absolutely, man. it. We appreciate it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, Mr. Ryan Walker, Ozark Smallmouth Alliance and Ozark Smallmouth Flyco. Uh, make sure you check him out online if you uh, haven't already seen all the wonderful stuff there. And uh, it's super, super cool, man. Well, that was neat. Uh, <laughs> it's back. Uh, but Ryan's awesome. Truly, truly, that was really, I mean, I'm just excited to get back out of the water again. Um, but I feel like every time we talk to somebody like that, uh, you just learn so much and you want to, you want to go try things now. So I hope, I hope our listeners feel the same way. Well, you know, talking to, talking to fishy dudes and, and fishy people in general and, and passionate fishy people, man, just, just increases my passion for it. And, and hopefully it does the listeners too. And, uh, uh, you know, the more people out there doing this and sharing the, the great, great resources we have and uh and raising awareness towards the great resources we have uh um helps with the overall conservation effort and uh, and the mission and that's pretty awesome so um i want to uh we're, we're just about to wrap it up here um wanted to talk about a few things that are coming up in our near future um uh may 1st sunday may 1st um uh at the Nine who is nine house, uh, whatever that broken arrow park is called. Um, they're on Lynn lane between what 51st and 61st big monster park. There's a community center pool, blah, 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 blah. Um, on the Lynn lane, the skate park. If you want to skate, there's a skate park, like half pipes, all that. Yeah. So dude. Could, uh, that sounds like a hip send the raft down a half pipe. A hip breaker. No, <laughs> uh, but we're going to have May 1st from one to five uh, will be our first demo day of the year. Um, and so we're going to be located. Uh, there's a pond um, at the very front near Lynn Lane, uh, near the community center. So we'll be parking right next to the pond. We'll have a, a big sun canopy out there. Uh, miscellaneous gear for um, not selling anything at this deal, but uh, uh, some Maxon products and Monic lines and just miscellaneous stuff to, to learn about cast, uh, just talk fishing um, strategically. Um, next to a, a pond there that uh, um, I've had a lot of experience catching small bass and, uh, and sunfish out of. So uh, come out and join us. Uh, and uh, uh, that should be a lot of fun. I did find out Dalton that we can't do hot dogs uh, without a food handler's permit. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't want to break any rules there or whatever, but, uh, uh, but yeah, we'll just be hanging out, man. Uh, uh, come out and join us uh, one to five. Sunday, May 1st at the Nine House, Nine House, whatever, Broken Arrow Park there uh, on Lynn Lane uh, and cast some stuff. And uh, I don't mind giving some casting instruction. Uh, come out and just fish that little pond if you want to, whatever BS talk about fish. So um, that's cool coming up. Um, uh, 
uh, I want to hear next episode uh, about Trevor's uh, take a kid fishing stuff soon. Uh, um, that's going to be exciting. Also tied in yeah, with the monster, the monster sunfish that took out his five weight. Right. Yeah. yeah he, he has straight a broken hefty. rod mm-hmm. from a yeah, green sunfish. About that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not a max on or it would have been warranted, but, uh, so he's now, I think he's replacing that with a moonlit, uh, glass rod, um, which, uh, he should have by the end of the week, which is how we've converted him. Aaron and I have converted him to the, to the glass, what do you glass bros? Butterstick bros. Butterstick, but, it, but it's not butterstick. It's moonlit. Much better. Yeah, but that's, it's funny. It's that. Moon, moonlit bros doesn't that maybe sounds worse um <laughs> may 13th and 14th is the smallmouth rendezvous um uh in tahlequah near the upper illinois river um i don't know the exact address there but if you look online i'll share it whenever we we get first that is church correct i think so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it mm-hmm. is i should do, be a better better uh, promoter of that um um, but this Friday, May 13th, Saturday, May 14th, I think it's like nine to five or nine to six full day events. Um, I'll be giving, um, a talk on small mirror, uh, small mouth, uh, small mouth gear basics, something like that. Um, both days, uh, Friday and Saturday, Ryan Walker, who we just heard from Ozark, Ozark small mouth Alliance is giving a couple talks, um, during the show there. We'll have a booth set up with gear, probably tying a few flies. I'm gonna drag the raft in, uh, let people crawl in and out of the raft, talk about, uh, our, our, our max on rafts, um, might actually bring a couple up, uh, a couple different sizes would be kind of cool. But, uh, uh, so that's May 13th, 14th, small mouth rendezvous in Tahlequah. And then I don't have the date, um, in june yet but uh broken arrow is sponsoring a kids fishing day uh that we've been asked to participate in and help out uh at their big uh what they call the big events park over on the creek turnpike across from nsu um so it's gonna be by me yeah exactly yeah uh that that pond is actually where i got my uh red ear from you you Mm -hmm. guided me to my red ear for the uh, 15 species challenge last year yeah in in your suit and tie and in dress shoes it was uh, it was on my way back from on my way home from work yeah and uh um did a few casts uh, in the spot that dalton told me to do with the fly that dalton told me to tie on um surprised i didn't use your rod and uh, knocked out knocked off the red ear for there but that's that'll be sometimes in sometime in june that'd be a kids fishing day uh that'd be a lot of fun if you got some young kiddos come learn I'll, i'll share the dates when i learn that and dude last thing i've got man I, and i already kind of spoiled it but i am fired up for the worth the weight um culinary segments uh <laughs> from dalton that's gonna be cool we'll have to figure out what that looks like but yeah that's again that's a product of me just uh you know not really a product it's more of a negative benefit of being my friend um i just send you what i eat for dinner every night so it's probably annoying on my part but you know most, we'll make, we'll make the best it, of it most of it looks great uh you get into like a chicken piccata thing that's not my Ooh, yeah. not my jam that's not my jam that's been a good one lately but uh no you you uh you were morel hunting uh last week and then sent us some pictures of uh, some fried up morel morels and, Dude, and those look i made good. myself sick um eating those morels that that was a sand bass scouting trip yeah. with my new buddy dane um that 
resulted in no sand bass, but we literally stepped out of the car and onto the trail. And I just have one just right in my vision, a morel mushroom. And then your peripheral vision kicks in and there's a whole field of them. Um, so that, I've never found one in the wild. Um, and so I wasn't even looking for them and, and stumbled across them. But yeah, dude, I straight up, I was like, I'll only take my fill because I figured, you know, I'd be the only one eating them at the house. Yeah. But then to prepare them, you cut them in half and you immediately have double of what you <laughs> initially picked. So I chicken fried them up and made myself sick eating those. Dude, they were so good. Oh my yeah, God. They, yeah, they looked amazing. And I, I'm willing to bet that uh, that a listener would, would you know, throw you a $20 bill for the uh, GPS coordinates for, for all the ones you oh, left. Oh, for sure. Dude, yeah. those things are high dollar. By the pound, they're they're man, they're good eating, good eating mushrooms. So, uh, what do what else you got to talk about tonight? Are we wrapping it up? We're wrapping it up, but man, um, when y'all are listening to this, maybe you're listening to it on the way to the river cleanup this weekend. Um, yeah. that's Saturday, we're gonna be doing that third annual Illinois river cleanup up at the Gypsy Canoe. Um, so kind of pointless to talk about that because you're listening to it it's either happening and you're there or you're not um hey but this but, this might go out friday night so if somebody can make oh, yeah, some last minute might. plans to uh uh to join you up there so where's the gypsy canoe is it right on the border where is it right up there by the 59 bridge i believe up in watts oklahoma um there's a there's a link to sign up um they've got different assigned areas that we're going to meet up at um it's going to be a good time. Free barbecue, free beer, I'm told, from a local brewery. Oh, wow. Um, Asylum Brewery. Um, if that could entice anybody, free beer usually does. Yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go out of town next week and uh, on a, a trip to the uh, White River below Bull Shoals. And uh, so I am staying at home like a, like a good husband, um, spending that time. But you, you start talking about free beer and I, I might be cleaning a river with you saturday <laughs> right yeah man i i don't have a lot of fishing on the books we've been talking about that april 30th date but i i missed out on the camping trip because i was lucky enough to get some turnpike troubadour tickets so i spent the weekend at the canes ballroom with the greatest band in the history of the world oh my gosh that experience dude was absolutely insane what and what what are they called? What does Aaron call them? The the Turnpike uh, tr- Trump Truffle Luffs or something like that? I have no idea. Him and his punk <laughs> bluegrass folky. I, I dig Aaron's music, but uh, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's too high on the Troubadours. That's a that's a demerit on his part. I yeah. I don't. I don't think he's a a, a, a fan. Now one of the one of the uh, what do you call it? Band members. Uh, I almost said instrumentalists. How <laughs> how nerdy is that? One of the one of the band members, his I assume wife. I assume they got married. It was a girlfriend at the time, and I think they were getting married. Used to work for me as an X-ray tech. That is the only time I've ever heard of the term Turnpike Troubadours before you. Um, but I'm old and I live with my head in the sand and, uh, you know, I'm just I'm not very cultured. So, uh, yeah, do we need a playlist on the wrap? Okay. Okay. What if, if that's, I'll give it, we'll give it a try. Um, so yeah, so we need to get you out fishing well before 
uh, the end of the month, uh, but we're all just, it's just one of those times of year. We're all so busy. And uh, uh, I think there's some monster fish to be had out there during that trans this transition time. If we just hammered away at them, um, but you know what, I mean, life happens and we're human beings. And if we, if we miss some of it, holy crap, we've got some great summer months and, uh, and mm-hmm. fall, uh, coming up, um, for, for all types of species, but especially smallies. And so, um, um, you know, I don't believe in FOMO, even though I'm, you know, usually fear missing out on things. Um, you get that? Yeah. I don't believe in whatever. Um, so okay let's let's like wrap this roll. thing up dude it was good it was good um the uh, let's up, wrap dude. this thing up so um awesome thank you listeners for uh, for listening this evening i'm not gonna do this near as cool as trevor does um uh, thank you mr ryan walker and uh, ozark smallmouth alliance uh for being our guest tonight uh creek adventures podcast is sponsored by Lone Bison Fly Tying Tables. Uh, it's LoneBisonFlyTables.com. Premium quality functional art. Give them a look on their website or social media accounts. Uh, we're also very proud supporters of the Oklahoma River Warriors and all of their river cleanup initiatives uh, in our great state. So uh, uh, give them a follow on Facebook. Um, if you're there, you would, you would have seen this um, uh, cleanup efforts that uh, the Dalton's talking about on Upper Illinois, as, as well as several other things uh, um, that Mr. Scott Hood posts on there to kind of get a, keep us all in tune and reminded that we need to do our part uh, to clean up the river. So um, from the crew, thank you guys for listening and uh, hope to see you on the water. We'll talk at you next week. See you.